the Lord has given me this message I want to share with you uh, on overcoming anxiety. Overcoming anxiety. Uh, the Lord showed me how the enemy is coming in to steal, kill, and destroy through anxiety in the lives of people as I counsel more and, 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 and hear more from what is happening and read more about what is happening in our society and our nation and nations around the world. The enemy is really, he is really taking advantage of this opening through anxiety to bring so much pain and so much loss and so much hurt in our lives. And today we're going to use God's Word and the wisdom of His Holy Spirit and the power of His presence and anointing to help us not only identify anxiety and what the enemy is doing, but to overcome it in Jesus' name. Because anxiety is a dysfunction. And if you'll study the dysfunctions that take place among people, it, they usually at the base of them has a distortion of who God is. There's a distortion of who God is. And this is a major dysfunction, this thing called anxiety. Because when our hearts are anxious, it can say so much about what we believe about God and what God is doing or what God should be doing or what God is not doing. And they say treated, there are over 40 million Americans being treated for anxiety disorders. Now, that's just the ones being treated. We don't know how many are going untreated, but that's nearly 20% of the population with over $42 billion a year spent on this thing called anxiety. And, uh, and now, now, let me just go ahead and say, experiencing occasional anxiety is a normal part of life. We, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where there's brokenness and there will be anxiety that we have to deal with. But what we're talking about here is anxiety disorders where there's that frequent, uh, frequently having this intense and excessive and persistent worry and fear about uh, everyday situations in life to where it's paralyzing you or causing you great harm in many areas of your life because anxiety at this level, it negatively affects your relationships and it negatively affects your employment and it negatively affects your schooling and it negatively affects your health. Uh, they say many bipolar disorders and eating disorders and, and uh, recurring headaches and irritable bowel syndrome and sleep disorders and ADHD and, and fibromyalgia and stress and all of this uh, stuff that uh, causes us to lose self-worth and uh, self-worth. It says the list goes on and on caused by anxiety. I say it's time the devil gets called out. And we don't live under His power, but we live under the power and the liberation that Jesus Christ has given to us. God did not create us to live with anxiety. I can prove that to you. God did not create us. It is out of God's creative order for you and I to live with anxious lives because when anxiety is in us and a ruling and reigning rampant, it causes death, it causes us to lose things, and it causes a destruction and, and disaster in our lives. So God tells us in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, He just calls it straight out. He says, do not be anxious about anything. There's something about 
allowing that spirit, it's a spirit of anxiety. When you allow it in, it comes in with destructive forces in your life. So God said, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, see God said, you're going to have those situations. Anybody know what I'm talking about? In life, there are some situations that we have to deal with, but we're to deal with them by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, presenting our requests to God. So when the situations present themselves to us, then we're to present that request to God. We are to turn that to God and trust Him and ask Him to move in and to move mightily in our lives. And what did He say would happen? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That word peace is shalom. It means nothing broken and nothing missing. A situation is trying to break you, but you bring that request to God. You're not going to be anxious. You bring it to God and God... God brings a wholeness to where that brokenness is. I'm telling you, nothing broken, nothing missing. It's a situation that is causing you loss. It's causing you to miss something. But instead of being anxious and opening up hell into the situation, you go to God with a request and prayer and believing. And God said He would give us His peace, which He would feel and meet the need. And it transcends your understanding. It goes beyond what you can comprehend. It goes beyond what your brain has seen with your own eyes before. God said, don't you be limiting me with what you've seen. He says, your eye has not seen, your ear has not heard. It has not entered into the heart of man what I prepared for you. I've got greater, I've got bigger, I've got stronger, I've got uh, uh, larger things for you. I've got miracles perform ready to perform for you but you got to stand in faith hallelujah and he says and then this peace will guard your hearts and your minds hallelujah as you stay in Christ Jesus or you stay in this anointing this this uh, uh, will guard your heart hallelujah so if you're experiencing any of these following symptoms that we're going to do a little we're going to do a little testing here today to see if there are any symptoms that we're dealing with and if you are then that is exposing maybe an anxiety a spirit of anxiety that is trying to bring an anxiety disorder in your life and we're going to call it out and we're going to get rid of it today and you're going to go out of here carefree you're going to go out of here uh, uh, you came dragging in but you're going to go stepping high going into this week because we're coming to God rather than allowing the enemy to do just any old thing in our lives. So here are some of the symptoms uh, that if you're experiencing on a regular basis of maybe dealing with anxiety. The first one is excessive worry. Excessive worry where you're worrying about everything. You're worrying about what people think. You're worrying about whether or not your paycheck's going to uh, clear the bank. You're worrying about what, uh, if the, uh, the house payment's going to be made. You're worrying about if the food has chemicals in it and it's going to kill your body. You're worried about the dog. The dog just went outside. What did he step in? What did he bring back into the house? You're worried about everything. You're worried about what the kids are doing. They just went in their room to change clothes, but you're worried about what they're doing. You're worried about your boss, and your boss maybe 
wanting to fire you and the boss ain't even thought nothing about firing you but you're worrying about losing your job you're worrying about your spouse do they still love me they came through the door and they didn't greet me with a big smile maybe they got another one on the side what's going on here you just worry 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 let me tell you what that is the way the devil will kill steal and destroy he is robbing you of the joy of the love that God has for us and the joy of the Lord is our strength and I'm here to call him out and say, we're going to stop that today. We're not going to allow the enemy to take our joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And if he takes our joy, then we're walking in weakness and the devil's having his way. We're children of God. We are children of God. I say to you today, you are a royal priesthood that God has called you into royalty and he has called you to be a priest uh, and you are to walk and live in the blessing and the provision and the supernatural manifest of God. Uh, no more low living, no more to, uh, scratching around with the chickens. Uh, he's called you to be an eagle to soar into the heavens uh, and this anxiety is not going to come into our life and ground us. Another symptom is sleep problems. Tr trouble falling to sleep. Trouble staying to sleep. Trouble, trouble with your sleep. I mean, you get a little cat nap here and a little cat nap there and you're waking up. What's that? What was the noise? What's going on? Is the sun up? Is the sun down? I can't believe it. The days are shorter. I can't believe it. The days are longer. I can't believe it. That, that you know, the light and the nighttime is so quiet. Oh my goodness, just, just having a hard time sleeping. Did you know God created your body to heal itself? There's a supernatural switch. Doctors can't even figure it out. They just know it's there. That there's a supernatural switch that when you go to sleep, your body calls in the handyman service and the maid cleaning service. And while you're sleeping, they're going through and they're fixing everything, changing light bulbs that blew out during the day. They're going in and cleaning up the spillage that you did, the mistake that you made. Your body is healing itself. Cells are rebuilding and, and systems are being rebooted when you sleep. And if you're having this spirit of anxiety that is affecting your sleep, you're not having that service, that healing service take place at night, because you're not, you keep interrupting it. You keep running them. The, 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 as soon as the maid gets the mop wet, you're running her off. You're running him off. The janitor, you got to run him off because you're awake. And then they're standing there just waiting. And then you go back to sleep. They'll come back out to clean up some mess in your body. And, and then you wake back up. And the maintenance man got ready to hammer to put that two before back together in, in the structure of your life that got broken down through whatever. And you're running him off. And the devil is keeping you in a place where of disrepair and a place where of weakness. I'm telling you, when you get up in the morning, you should be able to get up and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm so... And you run. If you, go, if you drink coffee, you drink it because you like the flavor of it. You're not drinking it saying, coffee. there's some people had a cup of coffee the size of a 55-gallon drum. And they said, until I've drunk all this, you better not talk to me. That's somebody that's not getting healed at night. That's somebody, man, I remember my mom. She's probably going to be watching this. Mom, I'm going to tell on you. My mama was one that when she said, you don't, don't you talk to me to get a cup of coffee. She worked three jobs. My, my dad got uh, shot when he was 31 years old on my mom's 30th birthday. And he was disabled and, 
And uh, she's working two and three jobs and taking care of the rehabilitation of him and taught us kids how to help him while she was at work. So in the mornings, before we'd go to school, I'd fix her a cup of coffee. And I'd go around to her side of the bed and, and I'd set the coffee there and I'd back up and I'd just poke a little and say, Mama, 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 you call Mama. And if she growled, I knew she was away. Growled. Did I say growl? Mama, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and uh, I'd say, and she oh, yeah, you call me right there. We're going to school. And we'd go to school. Okay. And now, my mom, I go, I remember when I was in college, I went home and, and, uh, and, and, and stayed there with her uh, over a break. And she got up in the morning and she's singing and she's just coming down the stairs singing in her bathrobe and all. And, and I'm like, Mom, do you have a coffee maker up there in your bedroom? She said, no, no, honey, I'm going to have to make some coffee here. And I'm like, uh, you singing? She said, yeah, what's wrong with that? And I said, uh, nothing, but I just remember the day. And she said, oh, she said, I lived under such a burden and I, lived, and I let it get to me. I let it get, I dreaded the day and I dreaded the night and I didn't have the joy of the Lord. She said, son, I got the joy of the Lord. And I said, mama, I like this side of you a whole lot better. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let me tell you why. We've got, we can't just, just say this is how it is or this is just how I am. You need to say, wait a minute, something's out of order here. And the devil, wait a minute, Jesus gave me the authority over all the power of the enemy and that he by no means shall harm me. That's Jesus. I mean, that's what he said. I give you the keys to the kingdom, whatever you bind, whatever you lose. So I've got to bind some things and I've got to lose some things. So I'm going to bind the spirit of anxiety. You're not going to have your way in my life. And I'm going to lose the joy of the Lord. I'm going to lose the healing of God. I'm, I, I'm not living miserable and making people around me miserable. I'm going to get up and as Brother Harry, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You've got to say, I'm going to live the fullness of life. I'm not giving the devil the, my morning. I'm not giving the devil the night. I'm not giving the devil a foothold anywhere. I am a son or a daughter of the Most High. God and I'm supposed to be enjoying this life then there are irrational fears see people have these irrational fears of flying and and fears of animal fear of crowds and and uh, where the fear becomes so overwhelming it's disruptive in the way that they uh, perform their lives and that's a sign of an evil spirit trying to take you out let me tell you what you know you're safer flying less people uh, perish flying percentage wise than they do driving so you're really safer flying than driving uh, and that's you know it's hard for me to even say that because that is statistics uh, whereas right now they're coast guard and the navy is searching for my first cousin his wife and their friends uh, that plane that went down they were flying themselves over to the Bahamas this Thursday and so they hadn't found anyone yet, but they said the water's 83, so if they survived the crash, that they'll be fine. That's what the Coast Guard said, but they're still looking. But even with that, we're not letting no fear come in, because when it comes time to go to Portland, I'm not going to drive 3,000 miles, because I'm more in danger driving 3,000 miles in a car than I am flying there. And I don't know that I could even tolerate driving 3,000 miles in a car. My goodness, that's a long, long time. But nonetheless... Uh, that's how the enemy would want to bring in an irrational fear. So look at what happened here. Look at what happened there. And I'm saying, look at what happened to you on the cross. You should be running from me because I'm representing the resurrection of Jesus Christ and I'm going to be in your face and you're going to back down, devil. Hallelujah. 
Another uh, symptom is muscle tension. Uh, that constant muscle tension where you're clenching your jaw or you're balling up your fists or flexing your muscles or you're waking up in the morning gritting your teeth and your jaws are hurting. Let me tell you what, that's not how you're supposed to live. That's a sign that something's out of order and it's not that you're a bad person. It's a bad devil trying to bring his junk on you and you just need to exercise your authority and say, you got to go, devil. you got to go in the name of Jesus. Another is chronic indigestion. There's probably more uh, stuff that uh, is being uh, looked at today in the medical community and trying to help with uh, the uh, digestion and the gut of, of us and a lot of it is, is, is anxiety. They say, well, you don't eat this and you don't eat that and you don't eat this and you don't eat that to the place you're eating a fourth of a rice, uh, a rice cake, you know, and it has to be at room temperature, you know, and, and you're like, so now you're so limited. And what? That ain't no life. I'm saying God wants you to live and he wants you to enjoy. Now, he says when we get to heaven, what did he say? We're going to be meet, uh, uh, greeted with a banquet table prepared for us. God wants you to enjoy. When the disciples came back from fishing, what was he doing? He was cooking fish there for them and some cornbread. And he said, man, we're going to have us a good old uh, fish fry here. Come on now. So he's not against food. Some people got this phobia coming into their mind because of their digestive problems that, that they can't eat anything. They have to, they have to uh, freeze water so that they're eating something that has no carbs and no protein and no this and no that and no GMO. And so they're just eating ice, but that had to be come through some kind of filtered system that cost you $7,000 to, to make the water into puff and then uh, condensate back down so that you could even be... My goodness, come on now. Come on now, the devil is winning and I say it's time for the devil to lose. I'm all about calling him out. I'm all about, I, I, don't like, I don't like bullies. I don't like bullies. Let me tell you what, there's something rises up in me when I see a bully. I remember in high school, I, I, Andrews, if you're looking, I don't know, I'm not calling any names, but there was, I'll change the name, I'll change the name. There was a little guy that went to high school, but he looked like he still should be in the sixth grade. You remember any of those? Uh, he hadn't had his growth spurt yet. And he's just a little old guy. I'm going to call him, uh, let me call him Sam. Okay. And here's Sam or Sammy there. And, uh, and then there was this guy that eats fertilizer or something other. And he was like taller, full beard, you know. And us in high school, we were like, whoa, where did he come from? And everybody called him Big Bird because I read Sesame Street, Big Bird's so tall, you know. They called him Big Bird. And he liked it. So he's like, yeah, I'm Big Bird, you know. And we were all looking up to him and saying, wow, where did he come from? Well, one day I was out in the uh, recess and, at high school and I saw Big Bird go over to little Sammy. And there's little Sammy and here's Big Bird. And he's poking him and kicking him. And, and little Sammy, poor thing, had no chance. Next thing I saw Big Bird pick him up, fold him. And everybody's standing around laughing. And had him folded like a pretzel and goes over to a 55-gallon drum trash can that had all these Coke cans and yellow jackets and honey bun wrappers and all this. And just, and just stuck him in there with his feet sticking up and his hands sticking up. Well, when I saw that, I ran over there and I helped Sammy get out of the can. And then I said, enough is enough. And I reached around to throw my finger in Big Bird's face. Up in, and when I went to do it, I hit him about his sternum. And I was like, oh, I thought I was going to get his nose, but I couldn't reach his nose. So I'm talking to his sternum and I says, Big Bird, this is the last time you're messing with Sammy. You want to mess with somebody, you mess with me. 
And he goes, well, that, we can do that. We can accommodate you on that. I said, yes. And we didn't want to get in trouble, so we had, you know, wrestling mats and all that in the gym. I said, let's go take it to the gym. Man, I had some cocky confidence. And Big Bird said, come on. And he goes towards the gym, and I'm walking behind him going, Lord God, what did I do? What did I do? Oh, my goodness, he's going to kill me. What in the world? And, uh, and when I get to the side door, I was, I was dragging my feet because I was thinking, let me live as long as I can here. And uh, I got to the side door, and I opened it up, and Big Bird had run all the way through the gym to the other exit and ran out of the exit towards the stadium. And I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> and ever since then, I learned it may look bigger and it may look more threatening, but in the name of Jesus, we have more authority and more power and we may not let the devil have his way in our lives. We should not let the devil have his way in our lives. There's another one, a symptom of stage fright where you, you go completely blank. Oh, my goodness, if somebody asks me, puts me on the spot, I go completely blank. And you just say, I, I, so you avoid any, anywhere you're going to be asked a question. You avoid ever giving your testimony. You avoid ever telling anybody about the goodness of Jesus, how you got saved. Because when their eyes come on you, oh, my goodness, I'll just go blank. And, and you start having stage fright. No, you were created to be a herald of the gospel. He says every one of us is to go and tell the good news. I'm telling you every one of us has been called by God to be a preacher to proclaim the good news to those uh, that need to hear it and don't you let the devil shut you up and don't you let the devil cause you to stand back in the shadows because of this no you rise up and say I'm more than an overcomer through Christ Jesus my Lord then there's self-consciousness I don't know if you've ever seen that where uh, folks can't converse with others. Folks can't eat out with others. They're blushing. They're trembling. They're nauseated. They're, they get nauseated. They get difficulty talking because of they're so self-conscious. Oh, they're looking at my big nose. Well, their nose is bigger than yours. Well, they're looking at my eyes. They're close together. Well, their eyes are so far apart they can see to the east and the west and the north and the south at the same time. What's the big deal? Well, you know, their hair, they got more hair than I got, or they got less hair than I got. Big deal. I mean, God has made us all diverse. We don't need to look alike. Come on. We don't need to look all alike, because if we all looked alike, we are coming against God. God's plan is for variety. He loves us red and yellow, black and white, tall and short, and uh, wide and thin. Uh, and you need to be who He created you to be. And you need to celebrate who you are. You need to celebrate your color. You need to celebrate your height. You need to celebrate whether you got hair or whether you don't have hair. You need to celebrate whether you walk and your knees are taking you like a bow leg or if you are rubbing your knees together. You need to thank God you can walk. Hallelujah. You need to thank God if your eyes are black, blue, green, or purple. Come on now. Because God created us that way. Don't let self-consciousness cause you to back down. You, more than likely, other people are admiring you so much and, and, you, and the devil's telling you they're laughing at you and they think you are a, a freak or whatever. You tell the devil you are the liar, the father of lies, and I'm not listening to you anymore. You just need to tell the devil, I'm not listening to you anymore. Come on now. Then there's panic attacks. Other uh, symptoms of this anxiety disorder. 
That's this gripping feeling of fear and helplessness that, that can come over you. It can last for several minutes or it can last even uh, longer. And I've heard people tell me it affects your breathing and, and you feel like you can't catch your breath. You can't, you can't breathe. You feel like you're going to die. Your heart starts racing and pounding in your chest and, and there's a tingling and a numbness in your hands and your feet and sweating and dizziness and weakness and chest pain and stomach pain and extreme feelings of hot or cold. And I'm not talking about uh, the lady going through the, you know, menopause. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a panic attack. A panic attack. That is demonic. That is from the enemy. You shouldn't have to live that way. And I'm telling you, you don't have to live that way. Before you leave here today, we can take care of that right here in the presence of God. Hallelujah. We have some other symptoms. I want to talk about flashbacks. That's reliving a disturbing or traumatic event, such as a violent encounter or sudden death of a loved one or, or you know, the, the hallmark of post-traumatic stress disorder, the PTSD. Here in the military community, we have a lot of people have PS, uh, PTSD because of some traumatic experiences they've had or things they've had to witness that the brain just wasn't really made to have to see that kind of stuff and deal with that kind of stuff, and it's kind of stuck there. Well, I'm telling you what, it can get unstuck. There is a healing uh, a stream that flows from Calvary today. Let me tell you what, that can bring forth the deliverance and freedom because he whom the Son sets free can be free indeed. Hallelujah. And you can process rather than that thing stuck there it can be processed and put into its uh, proper place and no longer it putting you into your place hallelujah another one is this uh, spirit of anxiety that brings on perfectionism you constantly judging yourself you're constantly uh, having this anticipatory anxiety about making a mistake or falling short or, or not having the right shoes on or not having the right this on or, or you're worried about is my house clean enough? Is my car clean enough? Is, is my hair straight? Is my, you know, whatever. It's just always you're just going a compulsive nature of perfecting and trying to perfect. It's this obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, and I'm here to tell you that is, that is not how God wants you to live. I mean, you can be that way. And I remember there was a season in my life because I grew up in, and, and when you grow up and, and you experience uh, abuse and some uh, traumatic things in life, you, you fell out of control and then you want to control some things. And, and I remember there was a part in my life where I wanted to have everything in the right place and the, wanted everything clean and I wanted, you know, if somebody came over, the house had to be just perfect. And, and when I recognized, the Lord showed me, you, you're not enjoying their visit. You're not enjoying them coming over. You're not enjoying this or you're not enjoying that because nothing is ever perfect enough for you. And I'm over that thing now. You come over now and there's crumbs on the floor. I'll say, well, there's the broom over there. The dustpan, I was chasing a fly with the dustpan earlier. I left it maybe over on the table there. Go get it. If you want to get the crumbs, if not, just, just step around them because now it's not that bad. But, but let me tell you what. I asked my family. I, Daddy got freed up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because it was robbing me of the, the, the quality of life that God had created me for. And I said, this is not just something in my head. This is an attack of the enemy. And this spirit of anxiety has got to go. 
and I put him out. I put him out. The Bible says that, that he has given us authority over all the power of the enemy, and he by no means shall harm us. He should be under our feet. I put I'm putting my foot on his head. You see, you got to go. You got to go. And then the Bible says you resist the devil and he'll flee. So I, I said, you know what? Uh, not only you're under my feet, but now I'm going to kick you like a soccer ball. I'm going to kick you. You got to go. You got to go. And the devil learned that I knew my authority and he learned that I meant what I was saying. And you know what the coward did? He packed up and he left. And he left. And he'll do the same for you when he sees that you know who you are and whose you are. Another symptom is these compulsive behaviors where obsessive thoughts become obsess obsessive behavior and your life is in this panic mode until you can get these rituals done. you got to do these rituals. You know, I don't know if any of you have ever watched that show Monk, uh, the detective. Uh, you know, he, he definitely had some compulsive behaviors uh, that he played real well uh, in that program. But, you know, washing your hands, shake somebody's hand. you got to have a, a wipe. you got to wipe your hand. you just got to do your routine. And, you know, that, let me tell you what. You need to wash your hands. Some of you need to wash your face. Okay, no. <laughs> you need to wash your hands. That is, that is a safety thing for sure. But let me, t let me tell you what. There's, I'm talking about the compulsive side of it where you, you, the devil basically locks you in a prison of this compulsive of behaviors that you have to, rituals you have to go through. And then I'm going to uh, wrap this part up by giving you the next one, and that's self-doubt. That's self-doubt. This persistent self-doubt and second-guessing of yourself, it paralyzes you. Should I do this? Yes, I should do this. I'm excited to do it. No, I can't do it. I better not do it. Should I sign up for this program? Yeah, I should sign up for this program. Let me get signed. No, I better not turn the paperwork in. I filled all the paperwork in, but I didn't. There's, there's degrees that have never been earned because of this right here. There are doctors that have not uh, practiced in today because of this right here. There are musicians that could literally bring, usher in the angels of heaven uh, and the courses of heaven in their congregation who have not uh, put their hand uh, out to do what they were called to do and gifted to do because of self-doubt. There are people right now that are suffering and they're suffering in their finances and they're suffering in their personal lives because they're not using the gift that God has given them or the talents that God has given them because of self-doubt. They're, they're raising the next generation because of their self-doubt. They're putting that on their children and their children are being hindered. I'm here to tell you today in the name of Jesus it's time to call enough 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 is enough and it's time that we kick the enemy out of our lives amen i mean we're used to hearing about greed and lust and promiscuity and negligence and all these things and how they bring negative things into our lives but i'm here to tell you the spirit of anxiety has been riding under the radar and it's been trying it's been pro probably causing us more harm more pain and more destruction and more uh, holding the church back from advancing into what God has called us to because uh, we've not called it out. I'm calling it out. So I want you to raise your hand if you know someone who needs this message. Raise your hand if you know somebody who needs this message. How about raise your hand if you're sitting beside someone who needs this message? How about raise your hand if you're sitting inside somebody who needs this message? <laughs> I've been meditating on the character of God and in doing so I felt led to share with you some of His characteristics today as we, as we put a punch to this as we wrap it up. 
uh, one, I'm here to tell you, he's still king of kings and he's still Lord of lords. Amen. He is still holy. He is still savior. He is still sovereign. He's still pure. He is still just. He's still all sufficient. Did you hear me? He's still all sufficient. Uh, he's ever present. Come on now. And he's all powerful. Hallelujah. He is wonderful. He is righteous. He is awesome. He is more than enough. I'm telling you, you'll never be met with a need that he's not your need meter. I'm telling you, he will make a way where there seems to be no way. He is God. He is amazing. Amazing, and we need to celebrate him for who he is. Hallelujah. But to make this punch so that you can take it home with you, these three things. First, God is incompetent. God is not incompetent. Let me say it right. Whoa. Good devil, you ain't getting my tongue. God is not incompetent. God is not forgetful. And God is not indifferent. You need to know that. Anxiety comes in our lives when there's usually a need left unmet in our hearts. So the anxiety begins to rise up because of this unmet need in our heart. I like the story in Genesis chapter 15 where Abram has this uh, this talk with God and he says it says after these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying do not be afraid Abram I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward but Abram said Lord God what will you give me seeing I have no child I, I go childless and the heir of my house is it Eliezer of Damascus is it my servant then Abram uh, said look you've given me no offspring indeed one born in my house is my heir and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This one, Eliezer, shall not be your heir, but one who comes from your own body, he will be your heir. Then he brought him outside. So God brings Abram outside and he says, look up into the heavens and count the stars if you can number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. So he's telling him, not only are you going to have a son, but your son's going to have a son and sons and daughters, and this thing is going to spread, and it's going to cover the whole earth. Let me tell you what. Verse 6 says, And Abram believed in the Lord, and God accounted that to him for righteousness. Okay. So I ask you today this question. Is there any way that you live your life that portrays the belief that God is incompetent? Is there any way? Study yourself. Answer the question. I'm asking you, answer the question. Is there any way that you live your life? Is there any way you handle your finances? Is there any way you're dealing with your relationships? Is there any way you're dealing with business or school? Any way that portrays your belief that God is incompetent? I know you wouldn't say it with your lips, but you're saying it with your life. And that your life speaks louder than your lips do. So we've got to get to the heart of it. We've got to expose it. Here's Abram in, in verse 6. He believes God. He just takes God at His word and, and is counted unto Him as righteousness. But then you see, you get down to chapter 16. And there between this chapter and chapter 16 has been this thing that the enemy uses to erode our confidence in God. And it's a thing called time. Time. When the, between when the promise is given and the promise is received. 
There's a thing called time. And we need to know that. Because the enemy found out that in that uh, tenure of time that it, we are most vulnerable for him to come in and bring a lie that our God is not going to do what he said he's going to do. That our God is not able to do what he said he's going to do. That our God is not going to come through for us. That it's not going to work out for you. It may have worked out for somebody else, but it's not going to work out for you. The devil is a liar. I'm here to tell you today we've got to understand that if we are going to stand in faith on what God has said, then we need to plant our feet on the rock and stay there. And when the wind comes and when the storms come and God said they would, He said if we'll stay on the rock, if we'll stay on the promises, if we'll stay on the character, if we'll stay on the ability of God, then the storm will pass, it will clear, and we'll still be standing. I'm here today to tell you God is capable to direct all of the affairs of your life uh, and you need to just trust him you need to say this I'm just in the time zone I'm in the time zone God told the Israelites I'll take you to the promised land but between the promise and the promised land was a wilderness and in the wilderness God said I'll take care of you here I'll give you water out of a rock I'll give you uh, bread from heaven uh, I'll keep your clothes from wearing out I'll take care of you you just gotta trust me and God God is telling us today, I've given you promises. Some of those promises you have aborted. Some of those promises you stopped believing in. Some of those promises you gave up on. But God says, I've not given up on them. I'm just waiting for somebody who will believe and somebody who will receive what I have for you. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 59 and 1, the prophet said, Behold, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot say, nor is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. He was basically saying, there's nothing that you've gone into that is too far from God that he can't reach in and pull you out. I know I've seen the right hand of God at 17 years old. I've seen it. You can't talk this preacher out of this. When I see scripture like this, I tell you what, I know that I know you're not, it wasn't a dream. It wasn't a vision. It literally saved my life when I saw the right hand of God reach into my circumstance and bring me out. But God is no respecter of persons and His arm is not short. His hand is not short and He'll reach into your mess and He'll bring you out and set you up that it becomes a message of His deliverance and a message of His glory. Hallelujah. That test that you're in, you need to welcome the hand of God to reach in and He'll make it a testimony for His glory and for His honor. You need to know that our God is not incompetent. He is all-powerful and He will do what He said He would do. Jeremiah 2 and 5, the prophet said, What fault did your fathers find in me? He's telling us God's heart. God is saying, What fault did you find in me? What did your fathers find in me that you've strayed so far from me? God is saying, Am I not enough? Am I not enough? I believe He's asking us that today. Am I not enough? I sent my Son, my only begotten Son, because I loved you so much. That if you will believe in Him, you shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. And I allowed Him to be crucified on a cross to get the curse off of you so that we could get the blessing on you. That all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Am I not enough? 
I told you you were healed of the Lord. And is that not enough? I told you I sent my word to heal all your diseases. Is that not enough? I told you that by Jesus' stripes you are healed. Is that not enough? I told you that His sinless blood will pay your sinful account and you'll be white as snow, forgiven by me. Is that not enough? I told you I would reach into your mess. I would reach into the mire and the pit and I would pull you up. I would raise you up and set you up on a rock that is high. Is that not enough? I told you that in your darkest day you can call out to me and I'll cause the light of heaven to shine in to your darkness. Is that not enough? I told you that I would meet all of your needs according to my riches and glory. Is that not enough? I told you my name is Jehovah Rapha. I'm your God, your healer. Is that not enough? I told you who I am. Is that not enough? Will you not believe me? Will you not trust me? Will you not hold on through this thing called time and see me come through in your life? The second characteristic is God is not forgetful. Is there any area in your life you feel like God has forgotten? If so, you better do Romans 12 and 2. If you're starting to doubt, you need to do Romans 12 and 2. If you're still believing, you still need to do Romans 12 and 2. Because there's pressure. There's pressure this world is applying. There's pressures that the enemy who thinks he's in charge of this world, he thinks he's in charge of this world, is applying on your life. Do not be conformed to the world. That word conformed means to be pressed into the mold of the world. There's pressure. There's pressure. Do you feel the pressure? That if I'm going to get ahead, i got to make it happen on my own. If I'm, going to get, if I'm going to get any kind of relief, i got to get whatever medical uh, attention I can get because that's as good as it gets. And if they said I'm on the downward spiral, then I'm on the downward spiral. I better go ahead and count my days and, and, and get it in my calendar and get everything ready because man's done all they can do. And there's nothing wrong with man trying to help out. But let me tell you what, there's a higher power. There's a higher power. There's pressure. So we've got to be transformed. That's a word comes from the Greek word metamorphosis. We get our word metamorphosis, metamorphosis, but, uh, but it, we get our word metamorphosis from. What is a metamorphosis? Where a crawling caterpillar can go into a cocoon and come out a butterfly. The process is called a metamorphosis. It takes time. It takes time. But we can be transformed in time. We can be transformed. We can go from crawling about on our belly to soaring like an eagle through the renewing of our mind. We've got to have our minds renewed. We've got to have our minds renewed. My minds are renewed by the Word of God. You need sermons like this. That's why I preach like this. I'm not up here preaching what I want to preach because I really ain't got nothing nothing, nothing to say, to be honest with you. But man, when God gives me a word, I will go to my grave. I would go, you know, whatever it would take, I'm going to preach that word because this word transforms you. It transforms you. we got to have our minds renewed. we got to keep being reminded of who we are. We're the head and not the tail. We're above only and not beneath. We're blessed coming in and blessed going out. Our circumstances say this. The world is trying to tell me I'm losing ground, but the devil is a liar. God says I'm going from glory to glory and victory to victory and faith to faith. I'm going to go with what God says rather than what the world is trying to tell me. And as I do that, my mind is renewed so that I might what? Prove! That I might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's not God's perfect will that you be sick. Let's prove He's a healer. 
It's not God's will that you be broke, busted, and disgusted, and out begging. No, it's His will that you be blessed and prospered through His Son, Jesus Christ. That you have more than enough. That you take care of your needs and leave an inheritance to your children and your children's children and have access to help those that are in need around you that are less fortunate. To prove, to prove what is the good and the acceptable and perfect will of God. I, I, I'll just be honest. I love God's timing. I love His timing. But I'm going to also be honest with you. I hate God's timing. Oh, the flesh in me hates God's timing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But I'm here to tell you, He's never early and He's never late. He's right on time. If you don't lose faith. If you don't lose faith. John 6 and 6, John tells us that Jesus looked at this huge crowd that was following him and he asked Philip, where shall we buy bread to feed this crowd? And Jesus said this to test them. He already knew what he was going to do. He said it to test them. Faith is not faith unless it's been tested. Right? And if you already see it, it's not faith. You've received it. So faith has to be tested, and time tests our faith. Are you going to keep declaring, I believe God for supernatural increase? Okay, you say that. But that week, you get an unexpected bill. The enemy's trying to bring discouragement, but God allowed it for a test. Because if we just said, you know, I believe for increase... And we went home and got a check for $100,000 in a bank we didn't, we didn't expect. We'd be like, whoa, praise God. That's easy. I believe God. You, know, you see what I'm saying? It's almost like there's no faith involved. So the time, do you stand firm on your confession when you're having to wait? Do you have a good attitude when you have to wait? Are you still decreeing and declaring what God said or do you start pouting and whining and complaining when you have to wait? He says, if you doubt in your heart, don't think you're going to receive anything. Isn't that what he said? You doubt and you don't believe me, he says, in your heart. He said, don't think you're going to receive anything. So our faith goes through this testing. But during that testing, God has not forgotten God is not forgotten. Do you see what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And then our final one is God is not indifferent. Let me tell you, he's not indifferent. He said, cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. One translation takes that Greek word and translates it properly. We, I mean, most of the time we see it as cares, but it really means anxieties. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. When I am anxious, I am saying God is indifferent to my needs. Because I believe if he really cared for me, then I wouldn't have to, I wouldn't have to, this going on in my life. When the truth is, because he cares for you, he has provided supernatural deliverance for you that you can appropriate by faith. But faith has to take hold of it in our decree and our declaration 
and in our belief until it's manifest. Amen. Amen? Amen? I'm here to tell somebody today, I really believe the Lord is saying this, that you came in here burdened down with anxiety. You came in here, it may, not, it may have been on your shoulders or it may have been holding on to your ankles, but you come dragging in here today, weighed down. And I believe the Lord is saying, this day, you're seeing the revelation of my word, and if you'll act upon it, you can cast that care on him. Don't just cast it around. Cast it on him, because he'll take care of it. He'll take care of it. He'll take care of it. Do you believe he'll take care of it? I believe he'll take care of it so much so that no matter what the junk you've been going through, that is not going to carry over on you. Just like the experiences that the PTSD uh, folks have had, that, that, that is carried over on them. It's got to go. It's got to go. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three teenage boys, said, we're not going to bow to this false god. We're not king. We're not going to do it. We respect you, but we're not bowing to this golden image of you. We can't do it. There's only one God. See, they're standing. They're standing. And it's being tested. And he says, heat the furnace up seven times hotter and throw them in. And guess what? When he told the soldiers to open the furnace door, and they did, both of the soldiers burst into flames. Screaming, probably rolling and trying to get the fire out, but they, they were charred remains laying there. Can you imagine the PTSD you would get from seeing that happen right before you and the smell, the stench, the screams, you would hear them. But they said, we know we cannot disavow God. We're not going to defy God. If it costs us, we know God's able to deliver us, but if we got to go, if he doesn't deliver us from it, he's going to deliver us through it. And they went into the fire. The soldiers couldn't throw them in there. It'd burn up. So they must have stepped over those charred bodies and stepped in with ropes around their hands. And the Bible says that they were free. When Nebuchadnezzar said, did not we throw three bound men in here? But now there are four free. And the fourth looks like the Son of God. And the Bible says when they came out, when they came through that testing there was not a singed hair on their head and not even the smell of smoke. That means you can come through what the devil threw against you. You can come through trauma. You can come through loss. You can come through heartbreak. You can come through abandonment. You can come through betrayal. And if you keep your faith in God, that God's going to bring you through it. It's not something that's going to cause anxiety. It's not going to cause PTSD. It's not going to cause anxiety the rest of your life. You're going to come through it without the sign or the smell of it anymore. There's a power. There's an anointing that God gives us that will give us the promotion into the freedom that he has. Would you stand with me here? Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus that we can expose this thing right now. We can expose these cares. We can expose the tricks of the enemy. We can expose the spirit of anxiety that has been trying to come in and disrupt our lives. 
And Lord God, we know it's in our own strength, we would be weak, we would be weak and we would be defenseless, but we know that we are mighty in you. Hallelujah. That we are your sons and your daughters and we rise up into the royal priesthood of that which you've called us to and we say, God, thank you for the authority. Thank you for the power. Thank you for the anointing that we can bind and loose right now. And everything that the spirit of anxiety has bound up in our lives and caused us to miss out on the joy and miss out on the freedom and miss out on the blessings of life, we loose right now. We loose it in the name of Jesus. We're coming up out of our prison. We're coming up out of our dark place. We're coming up out of our depression. We're coming up out of our anxiety. We're coming up out of that compulsive behavior. We're coming up out of that pain of the past. Uh, we're coming up out of that loss right now. We loose, loose in the name of Jesus. We come forth, we come forth. Hallelujah. And all those lies and all those activities the enemy's been bringing against me, I bind it now in the name of Jesus. I bind the lies. I bind the activity. I bind the workings of the demonic realm in the name of Jesus. And Satan, I resist you. You gotta go you got to go in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25, don't worry about your life. I tell you, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about that. Your heavenly Father knows you have all this. He knows He's, he's going to take care of you. He said, but in verse 33, He says, seek first my kingdom. Put me first. Would you put Him first right now? That fear is no longer first. God is first. That fear is gone. That anxiety is no longer the, the primary thought of your life. That anxiety is gone. Jesus Christ is first. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All this stuff is going to add it to you. He's going to open the windows of heaven. He's going to add it to you. He's going to So don't worry about tomorrow. He said, don't worry about tomorrow. Hallelujah. Cast your cares on Him. Don't pick them up when you leave here cast them on him I don't know about you but I, I like to have some some action faith without works is dead so I like to have some action so if you come in here with any cares and you've recognized any of these anxieties and you've recognized anything the devil's been trying to do to hinder you I, I'd bring it to this altar right now just to have some action I'd bring it to this altar and I just say Lord I bring it here and I'm laying it here you told me to cast my cares upon you I just bring it here and I lay it into this altar Lord God, I'm not even going to risk laying it beside me in my seat because I may sit back on it. No, Lord God, I'm just putting it here at the altar. I'm not going to allow the enemy to steal from me anymore. I'm not going to allow the enemy to, to come in and cause this, 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 uh, this uh, dysfunction in my life anymore. Whether it's in your business, whether it's in your personal finances, whether it's in your schooling, whether it is in a relationship, maybe even with your children, maybe it's a relationship with other family members or, or co-workers or, or, or an, an ex-spouse or whatever, just, just bring it here. So I'm, not, I'm not allowing anxiety. This spirit is no longer going to be welcome in my life. This cares, this, this mistreatment, these lies, all this junk that the devil has been piling on me, I'm rolling it over on you, God. You said that you would take care of it. I'm putting it in your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, just give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Give it to him. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I give it to you now. 
Thank you. Now go ahead and thank him. Thank you, God, for taking it. Just go ahead and thank, thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Lord, I thank you for taking it. Lord, and, and, and replacing it with the joy of the Lord. You said you would, if I cast my cares on you, you would give me your peace. You would give me your shalom. Nothing broken, nothing missing. I thank, go ahead and thank him. If you really believe he's giving you peace, if you believe he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way, if you believe that he's going to bring promotion this week, if you believe that the miracle is ready to manifest in and through your life, just begin to thank him. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, for it. I thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you're here today and you've never invited Jesus Christ into your heart, let me tell you what, you are not a stranger that's standing outside because God wants you standing outside. He is telling you right now, I'm knocking on your heart's door. If you will open up, I want to come in. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to bring these blessings into your life. I want to bring my power into your life. I want to bring victory into your life but you got to open your heart's door. You say, how do I open my heart's door? The Bible says that you invite him in and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Would you invite him in right now? Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Go ahead and ask him right now. God, please forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your blood. Wash me white as snow. And now make this confession. As Paul told us, if we would confess Jesus Christ is our Lord, and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. So go ahead and make that confession right now. Jesus, Jesus, I confess with my mouth, you are my Lord. I surrender my life to you. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. I want to come under your Lordship. I want to come under your rule and reign. I want to live for you. You love me more than anybody. You love me so much that you died on the cross for me. Now, God, I, this love is amazing. It's amazing. And now I want to live my life serving you. I want to live my life under your Lordship. Jesus, Jesus, Lord, my Lord, my Savior. Hallelujah. Father, I pray now in your most precious name, by the power of your word, through the anointing of your spirit, that each and every one of us would walk out of here today leaving these cares behind uh, and walking into our victory and walking into the miracle manifest of that which you have provided for us this week. Lord, I want to thank you that there are miracles in the making that we're going to walk into, that this is going to be one of the most amazing weeks of our life. This is going to be one of the most supernatural weeks of our life. Testimony is going to come out of this as we go forth in the power and the victory of that which you give us to you be the glory to you be the honor and to you be the praise for it is in Jesus name we pray and everybody said Amen go ahead put your hands together turn to somebody hug somebody's neck shake somebody's hand give somebody a high five bless one another